this is Kaylee Humphreys, two-time Olympic champion in bobsleigh. Hey, this is Jonathan Simpkin. I am the president of 604 Records. Hey, I'm Sam Roberts. Hi, I am Julia Budd, Bellator 145-pound, three-time world champion. Hi, this is Sama Zadora, and I'm a sex and relationship guru. Hey, what's up? This is John Humphrey, drummer for the rock band Seether. Hey, I'm Kristen Renton. Hey, this is Troy Lakata from Tesla. Hi, it's Captain Kirk McLean here, and you're listening to the Toddcast. Podcast. The Toddcast Podcast is brought to you by Maple Ridge Hyundai. Part of the Cot Auto Group. We sell cars. Now, here's your host, Todd Hancock. Sometimes it can take you a little while to realize your full potential, if you even realize it at all. Carmelita Jeter is the fastest woman alive, having run a 10.6400 meters back in 2009. She's since moved into coaching athletes at MSU. Had a great talk with Carmelita. She's super inspiring, a great story. You'll hear some of that conversation this week. Joining Carmelita is the founder of Indie Week Toronto, Daryl Hers, and Alter Bridge guitarist Mark Tremonti called up as well. You'll hear some of that conversation in just a sec. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. Tell your friends about it if you think it's something that they'd want to listen to as well. You can get us on iTunes and Spotify, SoundCloud, at my personal website as well, toddhancock.ca. Coming up in just a few minutes in Stop Me If You've Heard This Before, Danko Jones talks about being handpicked to open up a show for one of the biggest bands on the planet. A very cool story that's brought to you by ProTech Welding, steel fabrication on the North Shore here in Vancouver. You can find them online as well through ProTechWelding.com. Facebook too. First, our first guest of three, this week's musical guest, Alter Bridge guitarist Mark Tremonti. It's brought to you by the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe, 579 Dunsmere, downtown Vancouver. The Coles Notes of the band, Alter Bridge has been around since 2004, 15 years. They formed after Creed became inactive in 2003. Lead guitarist Mark Tremonti, bass player Brian Marshall, and drummer Scott Phillips enlisted at the time Mayfield four singer Miles Kennedy to front Alter Bridge. Their debut album, One Day Remains, debuted number five on the U.S. Billboard 200, an impressive feat by any stretch of the imagination. It drew mixed reviews. It was certified gold in the U.S. in November 2004. In 2007, they followed up that album with Blackbird. The album reached number 13 in the U.S. Creed reunited in 2009. Miles Kennedy started to front Slash's band in 2010. Alter Bridge released AB3 in October 2010. And their song Isolation, just a beast of a song, topped Billboard's mainstream rock chart. Next up was the album Fortress in 2013. Then came The Last Hero in October 2016. It reached the top 10 on Billboard's 200 chart. Their latest, their sixth album called Walk the Sky was just released, just released in October of this year. And the band continues to press on. Lots of touring, no signs of stopping. And when you think about all the cogs that are turning, Mark with his solo stuff, Miles singing with Slash, you got to know there's a ton of behind the scenes stuff going on to make this happen and not overlapping each other. Very cool to grab Mark for the podcast. We covered a lot of ground in the 15 minutes we had with him. You can hear that conversation now at our iTunes page, SoundCloud, Spotify, a simple search of Toddcast podcast. In the meantime, here's 10 minutes with Alter Bridge guitarist, Mark Tremonti. The Toddcast Podcast. What is the music in the Tremonti house 
as a kid growing up? Like, what are the bands that your parents are playing and exposing you to? Um, my my mother's favorite was Rod Stewart. Um, my dad liked Iron Butterfly and Zeppelin and um, Joe Cocker and Bob Seger. Mm. Um, so you know a lot a lot of the seventies soft rock though was beyond in the cars when we're driving around. So I'm a huge huge fan of you know Jerry Rafferty and and Seals and Croft and and you know Rod Stewart and that that era Michael McDonald probably my favorite music to listen to these days still even probably present day I, I feel the exact same way yeah. um, I think you're a year younger than I am so, so which which were the first bands to really grab a hold of you then you know when I was when I was really little that the, the stuff I had mentioned you know I loved I, I loved some Rod Stewart and and the Jerry, Jerry Rafferty Baker Street was such an epic song to me back then. Um, yeah, same. You know, and then and then you know time rolled around and you had songs like you know turn up the radio and and uh, you know the more rock and songs that started coming out grabbed my attention more and more. And then one day I uh, one day I got into Metallica and it was over. You know, then, <laughs> then I was just a nice. metal fan. And which uh, which record from Metallica was the first to that you you got a hold of? Uh, Master of Puppets. Yeah. I think that's the one, and then people go, holy crap, and then they go back to Ride, and they go back to Kill Em All and all that, but uh, yeah, great. That's my favorite record of all time. The Master of Puppets? Yeah. I mean, that's a flawless record almost. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I've heard it what, thousands of times. Yeah, same. Best best track on that record? What do you think? For me, it's Orion. That's, that's yeah. the one that brings me back to my childhood the most. I, You know, such a... I was always a huge fan of Metallica instrumentals, and uh, I was really bummed on the Black Album that there wasn't one on there, because um, I was kind of... Call of Cthulhu from, from Ride the Lightning was another one of my favorite Metallica songs. It was just, you know, always... I, I thought they did those very well. Right. And what was your first concert? How old were you? Uh... Uh, Iron Maiden. Oh, with, nice. Uh, okay. Ace, Ace Frehley's Comet was the support act, and it was... Uh, yeah, it was amazing. You know, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do this. Yeah, you know, I, I gotta somehow. That do I, I this. think I'll take that. Like, and and how old were you? And were you playing? Um, you were you already playing guitar at that point? Um, I think I might have just picked up the guitar, but I was, I was maybe around eleven or twelve years old. Hmm. So pretty young, impressionable for sure. Yeah. 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 That's right. Uh, okay, so let's get to the uh, the new stuff. New Alter Bridge is coming out October 18th. It's called Walk the Sky. This is the first album in, what, three years, I guess, since The Last Hero. Yeah, we're kind of on the three-year cycle with Alter Bridge. We, you know, me and Miles do our things on the side and, and then get back, and it's almost like a fresh fresh start every time we, we take this break. So we're that's kind of our, our, uh, our time period. Right, and and it's been that way for, for many years. And you now, of course, uh, you know you're what 25 years between Creed, Alter Bridge, your solo stuff. Does it get easier over the years to kind of write and record songs? Um, in in some ways, in some way, other ways, not. You know, it's um, the more albums you put out, the harder it is to um, you know keep keep writing or new original stuff that you haven't done before. So that's the biggest challenge, but. Um, I guess it's mm. just having the experience of getting in there and knowing you can pull something off and the confidence to do it is, is something that, that helps doing it over and over again. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So it's almost like you don't want to 
you know, we don't want to sound too much like Alter Bridge. You don't want to rip yourself off almost. Yeah, no, you always want to keep on. That's, you know, every, every record we try to add something a little different to the sound and do what we can to, to not just repeat ourselves. Right. Of course, Mark, when I mentioned that you were, you know, going to be a guest on, on, on the podcast and mentioned it on social media, um, this actually ties in nice. Rosie wants to know, she writes, how has the solo work and the involvement with other projects that you and Miles have done, how has that impacted Alter Bridge? Uh, it just, you know, it gives you new strengths, new confidences to, to know that you can, you know, pull things off that previously you might have been a little intimidated to do, like um, singing leads on songs or, you know, on this, um, me and Miles both doing our solo projects, you kind of have to write in a bubble and, um, do your, do your best to filter your own ideas. Um, mm. And that's what we had to do on this record. But before we had done our solo projects, um, I think we would overthink things a little too much. So I think, you know, writing on our own has given us uh, this, the courage and um, the strength to be able to, to go at it alone. So on this record, we, we only had five weeks to record this album in the studio. So we had... Wow we had to go and, and create these demos before we got in there that were completed without working with one another. So hmm. on all the other Alter Bridge records, we always would, you know, kind of collaborate on each and every song, but this one was just a mixture of both of our demos on, on this record. Dean wants to know, what are you binge watching lately? What am I binge watching? Oh man, the, the, the boys was my favorite show I've seen yeah. in a while. Yeah. I love that show. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, gosh, um, over the years, you know, Breaking Bad was one of my favorite shows. Um, uh, Vikings. I yeah. love Vikings. Game of Thrones. That's a great show. So yeah. when you say you like the boys, does that mean that were you a comic book uh, geek as a kid growing up? No, not really. You know, my hmm. bro older brother Michael was, but um, that was really never my thing. It's just that that show is, is, is great. You know, when I, um, another comic book kind of movie, uh, Judge Dredd came yeah. out. Uh, I think it's 2015, not not the not, Sylvester Stallone one. But yeah, not the, uh, the first one, but the second was amazing. The newer one was amazing. I yeah. love that movie. And so uh, good. Carl Urban played Dread in that. And when I heard he was playing uh, one of the characters in the in the boys, I immediately watched it. And and I think I think it took me two days to get through the first season. So it was <laughs> really really great show. Wow. And then I watched uh, after that was over. I watched Jack Ryan. I thought that was great too. Yeah, that's good too. Yeah. So you get into the whole superhero movies and everything that are being made? Yeah, well, I have, I have two kids, so that's kind of a... Oh, yeah. yeah it, we, we go see them every time they come out. Yeah, of course. So, so what's uh, what's been your favorite that they've released? Um, I like the uh, I like the funnier ones. You know, I like the Guardians of the Galaxies. Yeah. Uh, I thought the second Thor was really good. I thought Winter Soldier was great. I know that's not a funny one, but that was a, that was a good one. Um, good show, yeah. I thought... I thought the new, uh, I thought the end game was great. Um, it took me a while to see. I think the new Spider-Man character is great. Have you seen the Spider-Verse? I did. That was, that was cool. It was very that different. That was awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like was, just trippy. It was a bit of a mind, uh. Yeah. Very different. Yeah, totally. I, I'm interested in, in this one as well. Dan, Dan asks, what did you think of the Motley Crue movie? Did you even see it? Oh, it's great. Good, good entertainment. You yeah. know? Thought it was uh, good, good escapism. <laughs> 100%, yeah. Um, here's an oddball one. Do you believe aliens have visited Earth? Uh, 
I don't know, but I definitely, I definitely know that they're out there somewhere. You know, this, this universe is way too massive for us to be the only, I think we'd be arrogant as hell to think that we're the only ones in the universe. Yeah, I think it was the NASA Kepler program had spotted something like 3 million different planets you know within that you would think that there would be simon doesn't necessarily need to be humanoid but maybe there's some other oh, alien yeah. life form you know from the three million planets yeah no i'm pretty nerdy when it comes to that stuff i love <laughs> i love watching i love watching uh, shows about about space and the universe and just how just youtube clips i like to get on there with my boys and show them how small the earth is compared to the rest of the cosmos yeah yeah and how old are your kids 14 and 10 14 and 10 okay he's got me by a few mine are nine and six so yeah i'm right. the same way i feel the exact same way okay let's get to uh, an, another interesting one uh we just legalized uh, marijuana we mean in canada last october mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on legalized marijuana i think it's uh i, I think it's fine you know i think uh, i actually have a friend of mine who just did a documentary on uh on families that have children that, you know, that have um, seizures and epilepsy and all, all kinds of mm -hmm. issues that, that marijuana helps. And um, they will break, you know, it's, just, it's kind of a documentary about them going state to state and, and going and, and uh, you know, doing illegal, you know, grabbing a bunch bunch of marijuana, bringing it through state lines or flying in, flying with it and doing all these things that could end them up in jail. And some of them do end up in jail, but they're doing it for their children. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just ridiculous to be so close-minded as to something that could be, uh, I, I think it's a very, um, I don't know, it's, it's not a threatening drug. I, you know, I've never met a pothead or anybody that's going out and trying to start fights or steal from people or, no. you know, I've met plenty of alcoholics that that are a hundred times worse than, than anybody smoking pot that I've seen. So it's, I think, uh, you know, that being said, you know, I, I wouldn't allow my, my children to smoke pot. Maybe if they're grown adults and they have a job and they're doing fire life, they can make their own decisions. But I, I, I don't see it as a huge problem in America. Musical guests of the Todd cast podcast are powered by the railway stage and beer cafe. Check them out at 579 Dunsmere, downtown Vancouver.
Stop Me If You've Heard This Before on the Toddcast Podcast. If you listen to any good rock radio station, eventually you'll end up hearing something from Danko Jones. It's been around since 1996, over a couple decades, and it seems like they have not taken a break. Pretty much an album every year or two since 2000. Non-stop touring, tons of festivals. Oh, and by the way, the latest album was recorded with longtime podcast friend Garth Richardson at The Farm. Can't remember how we hooked this interview up, to be honest. I think it was a simple tweet to Danko asking if he'd be down, and he was like, sure, when? A side note, he has an awesome podcast as well. It's called the Official Danko Jones Podcast. They've always got some super cool guests on that one. Nice flow. Does a really good job. And when Danko called up to be a guest of this podcast, we talked a lot about comic books, what it was like heading into the recording studio and the vibe, binge-watching The Terrace House, how Metallica was his first concert, or maybe it was John Denver, he wasn't sure, how social media plays a role in his day-to-day life, he talked about the Motley Crue movie, legalized marijuana, Kiss came up, the superpower of flight, how Wolverine is his favorite character, and stop me if you've heard this before, Danko talked about career highlights, and one of them was being handpicked by the Rolling Stones to open up a show. Uh, Obviously, the first ones that come to mind is you know, playing with the Rolling Stones in Toronto right. for a for a gig, um, and we were we were asked to play, and apparently it came from the Stones. When I found wow. found out more about it, I've heard two different <laughs> two different versions. I've heard actually I've heard a few stories about the show in regards to us. So uh, my roommate, and it's that's a long story, but my roommate gave Mick Jagger. A copy of our album, bef- like a couple of months before the gig for his birthday, when the Stones were in Toronto and it, they, there was a Mick Jagger birthday party, my roommate at the time got in and he gave Mick a copy of our album called Born a Lion. Then I heard that, and that, and and that was straight from my roommate. My roommate told me, mm-hmm. um, so I knew that was true. And then I was at a club once, walking into this like restaurant club to meet a friend, and the bouncer took me aside, and he said, you know, I did security for the Stones when they were here for 40 Licks, and Ron Wood listened to your album every day. So wow. that was a story I wasn't expecting that night. And then <laughs> I was in Belgium doing press, this is going back 2006, so it's going back a few years. Mm. But I did an interview with a journalist who said that he asked Keith Richards, he did an interview with Keith Richards and asked him who were his favorite opening bands on the 40 Licks tour, because that's when he interviewed Keith after the 40 Licks tour. And Keith Richards said, the White Stripes and us. And I asked the journalist, did you record that? And he said yes. And I'm still waiting for, he promised he'd give me a recording of the interview. Stop me if you've heard this before on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by ProTech Welding, a CWB certified steel fabrication shop in North Vancouver and online at ProTechWelding.com. And you put me down 
That band is Took, Canadian supergroup, fronted by Todd Kearns, and a new song for those guys called Never Enough For You, and really looking forward to Todd's performance at the Toddcast podcast Cheap Thrill 17 next month on Thursday, December 12th. It's an early show. Get the doors open at around 8 o'clock, probably get things underway at around 8.30. Play till around 10-ish. It's a school night. Want to make sure you're getting home early at a decent hour. Hope to see you there. Acoustic, interactive, a little Q&A throughout the performance. It's 10 bucks right now through myshowpass.com. Search out Todd Kearns. And play just Southern Death Threat. And they're headlining the next podcast show, the last Friday of the month on Friday, November 29th. The original lineup is back together playing a show. Crankshaft and Closer will be opening up the night. Keeping the tickets low dough for this. It's eight bucks in advance. Again, through myshowpass.com. This show is going to be amazing. Speaking of live shows, you can find info for those shows and a bunch more with the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. There's a bunch of great shows coming up in Vancouver and the area. Make sure you get out there, support our local bands. It's brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios. 40 plus years experience in the music industry. Find them through mysticrhythms.ca, Twitter, Facebook as well. Coming up later on in the podcast in Listen to This, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Model and Muay Thai Fighter Mia Kang talking about what stands out from her first pro fight. That is powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley. RV repair and service, ICBC accredited as well. You can find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. First, the second of three Toddcast guests this week is our sporting guest. You'll know her as the fastest woman alive, Carmelita Jetter. Carmelita is a retired American sprinter specializing in the 100 meter and is a three-time Olympic medal. She won the 100-meter bronze at the 2007 World Championships in Athletics, won gold at the World Athletics Final, her 10.64 second victory at the Shanghai Golden Grand Prix made her the second fastest woman ever in the 100-meter. This is behind Florence Griffith Jr., her world record of 10.48. Carmelita holds three of the top 10 fastest runs ever and retired from competition in 2017 after an injury kept her from competing at the 2016 Olympics. She's now the associate head coach for MSU. The full conversation is definitely worth hearing. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with the fastest woman alive, world champ, Olympic champ, world record holder, MSU associate head coach, Carmelita Jetter. The Toddcast Podcast. How old were you when you realized your potential? Um, really, I knew that I was good when I was 14 because that's when I started running track, but I didn't really realize that I could take this to the next level until I went to college and really realized how good I was. And that was probably the age of like 19, 20. Okay. What was it at that time? Was it just that you were seeing other people were rising, but you were just kind of that much further ahead kind of thing? Or um, I think it was just, you know, I'm, I was watching other people succeed, and I was saying, okay, well, she's not that much faster than me, or I'm not that much slower than this person. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I want to say that was what really, you know, uh, made me realize that I could take this to the next level. Watching people that were around the same times as I was running make it. And then I was like, okay, well, you can make it if she made it. 
And f- so with all these accolades I just read out on the Twitter bio, which do you look and go like, oh, that's the one, that's the one I'm, I'm most proud of accomplishing? What's the one? You know what, that's so funny to ask me that. I don't even look at it like that. Um, I don't look at one as being more, more than the next. Um, they're all like equally amazing. They are. Um, like they're amazing. The, the fact but, you know, I, I graduated from college, and that was a super big deal for me. Yeah. And um, now I'm getting my master's at Missouri State, so that's a super big deal for me. Like, anything that I do, I put so much into it. So it's, 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 it, it all means something to me. Um, so I can't even pinpoint, to be honest. Right. And well, what stands out still for you, then, for when you think back to your, your 10.64 run, what are the things you think about? Like, what's the stuff that still stands out from that day? The number one thing that stands out for me running 10, when I ran 1067, it wasn't even the fact that I ran 1067. It was the fact that my training partner, David Neville, at the time, who is now um, a sprint coach at Tennessee, was screaming and hollering and running down the backstretch to let me know that I ran 106 because I didn't know I ran 106. Right. Wow. So, the number one thing I remember from that night is not that I ran 10 six. It was that my training partner was probably more happy than I was. And nowadays it's really hard to find someone that genuinely, um, wants to help celebrate you. So seeing him celebrate me that night, I'll never, ever forget that. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, Carmelita, about the, well, you won the gold in the four by hundred, uh, relay race in the 2012 London Olympic games. Tell us about the synergy that's needed between teammates to compete at that Olympic level. Because it's different than just solo running, correct? It is. It's very different. And, and the one thing I like to, to remind people and I want them to pay attention to is over the years, Team USA has had several very fast people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they put very fast people on a relay. And those four fast women could never break the world record. And you're wondering, like, why why couldn't they break the world record? We had They had 10.8s and 10.8s and 10.7s and 10.6s mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still couldn't break the world record. And the one thing that I speak to my girls um, at Missouri State University is that it's not about the four fastest girls. It's about the best chemistry of the four girls. And when you have chemistry and when there's trust, that's how you break records. That's how you get to stick around. It's not about the four fastest people because all four women can be fast mm-hmm. but if we don't if they don't trust each other and they don't believe in each other the job's not going to get done yeah totally it's like if you're not passing the baton well enough or if whatever you're not it passing is the baton, or you don't believe that the person's bringing it to you will bring it to you it's not going to happen mm-hmm. bianca knight was the slowest person on that relay and and not saying that disrespectfully but that's just the fact she had the slowest time of anyone on the relay. That year, her best time was only 11.3. Hmm. So for you to take an 11.3 person and put them on third leg and you still break a world record lets you know it's not about time. Right. Now you're into coaching. You're helping uh, Taryn Smiley realize her dreams, training to compete in the 20, uh, 2020 Olympics. Yes, yes. I'm coming to Missouri State, of course, a lot of people were trying to figure out why I chose Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, why didn't you go to this other school or that other school? And everybody in life has to have a purpose. 
You have to have a reason why you're why you are doing the things that you're doing, and that purpose should be to help and build someone else. And um, coming to Missouri State and meeting some of the athletes when I was on my visit to check out the school, I could tell that these athletes wanted to be great. They just needed somebody to believe in them. Right. And working with these athletes, the first week of school, they sat down. Um, individually at my in my office and I told them to tell me your goals let me know what you want to do and these goals have to be crazy sick goals they can't be something that's easy I need you to tell me what mm. you're afraid to say out loud totally yeah 100%. and Karen sat there and she said I want to make the podium at um conference I've never been on the podium I want to go to NCAA um regionals i've never been there i want to run a personal best do you know mm -hmm. she did everything she wanted to do this year amazing and we just had a meeting last week and i said tell me your goals and they better be crazy she said <laughs> coach yet i want to make the olympic team i said yes. well, and that's what we're going to do yes it's set those goals you you can't reach you can't get anywhere unless you don't if you're not setting goals you need to set but a goal. it's all about it's all about having somebody around you that believes in you as well. Totally. Yes, you're setting goals, but if the person that's feeding you is not feeding you the positivity that you need to set yeah, those yeah. goals, it's a waste of goals. Totally. Well said. Do, do you get as much fulfillment coaching as you did as a competitor? It's different. Yeah, of course. It's different. It'll, it'll never be the same because as a competitor, you're the one killing. You're doing the kill. Right. And... And it tastes different. But as the coach, I I feed off of my athlete killing, getting the kill. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, yeah. It's like the hunter. You know, I'm coaching hunters to hunt. <laughs> and so I'm watching my baby hunters hunt. And awesome. um, it's just, it's, it's very, we were at Mizzou, and Taryn wanted to win this 100 meters so bad. And she won the 100 meter. This is her first time ever winning at Mizzou. And what I loved was the, the kill on her face. Yeah. And I felt like I ran because <laughs> she had this look of fulfillment. Even if it was only for 30 seconds, that's the look that coaches love to see. So good. I, you know, I'd love to get out of sports and speed. And what you're known for, if you're if you're if you're game, okay. What was the music in the Jetter house as a kid growing up? Like, what what bands are your parents playing you? Oh, old school. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up listening to old school, so I'm probably the oldest 39 year old you ever met in your life. <laughs> nice. I I listened. We cleaned up the house on Saturday morning, and we listened to. All oldies but goodies, because that's what my dad and my mom listened to. Mm -hmm. And they played it all morning. So we didn't really listen to hip-hop unless it was in our room by ourselves. Mm. Um, Housewives, you listen to, my dad was from Detroit, Michigan. So you listen to everything from Detroit, from Michigan, from those days. That's what they played. Hmm. Interesting. So who was the person that got you maybe into the hip hop thing? Was it like a, kind of the cousins and friends kind of thing? And Well, my dad also owned a record store oh, when nice. I was younger. Wow. So he would always bring me stuff home to listen to. But the, the music of the household was the, um, the, um, 
the Temptations and Aretha Franklin and you know all those all that Detroit era. That's what we that's what we listened to as a household family. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what was your first concert that you attended? My first concert was Criss Cross. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was about oh, twelve great. or thirteen, and my first concert was Criss Cross. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Jump. Jump, 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 daddy make you jump, jump, daddy back and make you jump, 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 so that was my first concert. Awesome, that's great. What are you currently binge watching? Are there any shows that are grabbing your attention lately? Do you have time for that? You know what, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. I was binge watching, um, uh, what is that, that, the Mexican drug lord, um. Oh, Narcos. Narcos, okay. Great show. So I was binge watching Narcos and Narcos Mexico. Yeah. Um, and so I was binge watching that. I kept hearing so many people talk about it. So I said, well, let me watch it and see what it's all about. And one day I watched like a whole season. I was like, what <laughs> is going on? It was like I couldn't leave the bed. I was like, I pushed pause to go give me something food down the stairs. And I got right back up in the bed and finished watching the other episodes. Yeah, I got to the point where I had to turn it off. Yeah. I was never going to go to sleep. Sporting guests of the Toddcast podcast are brought to you by Block E Media Inc. Digital marketing plans and solutions done for you and done with you. Online at blockemedia.com. Everywhere I go, I'm fucking losing it. All these stupid people always talking shit. Count me in, you know I always throw it down. Turn it up, I always wanna hear it loud. I'm always stressing out. Strung out in the basement So sick and tired of being wasted Get me something strong, I wanna feel it burn Don't know right from wrong, not sure I'll ever learn I'm always stressing out
now, listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast. If you don't know the name Mia Kang, you'll likely know her from her modeling career. She's been on the cover of a bunch of magazines, including the Hong Kong versions of Elle and Harper's Bazaar. She's modeled for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. Actually, when we originally reached out to Mia, it was to interview her about being a Muay Thai fighter, and in between setting up a time to talk and actually getting her on the phone, she was asked to shoot for them, which is pretty cool. A really good conversation. We talked about the negativity you find on social media, the shows that she was binge-watching at the time, what it would be like to have the superpower of time travel. She shared a near-death experience story. She gave a prediction for the Mayweather-McGregor boxing match. She picked McGregor to knock Floyd out within six rounds. It could have happened. We talked about the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, the movie Get Out, her first concert being Boyzone. We did an F Killer Mary, and she talked about becoming a pro fighter and what stands out from her first pro fight. Listen to this. Honestly, it was my first of all, it was my first fight. So I just completely skipped amateur and I just went straight pro, Mm -hmm. Um, which is very, it sounds, it seems bizarre in in this part of the world, but in Thailand, with Muay Thai, there's no such thing as amateur there. You're either a fighter or you're not. So that was a normal transition over there. Um, mm. And honestly, it's, it's your first fight, and I think every Muay Thai fighter can tell you that, maybe even every fighter can tell you that in your first fight, it's um, really a, like a journey with yourself. And it's all about dealing with the adrenaline and dealing with, you know, you're controlling your emotions and dealing with your self-confidence and fear and, and all these things that, you, that you, you're put in a situation for the first time. And honestly, it's just a lot on your body to, to, to experience all of that adrenaline, all of these emotions. So that was what, was the, what I took most out of it. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC-approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com.
Crankshaft, and that one's called Systematic. They will be playing a show for the podcast at the end of the month on Friday, November 29th. They're the direct support for Southern Death Threat, the original lineup back together. Closer opening up tonight, and you do not want to miss this show. Probably top three indie metal show of 2019 without bragging, without you know, just saying it's eight bucks right now through myshowpass.com. Maybe it's a humble brag. Played you the followways and their song is Alive. They just played a show in Vancouver just a couple of weeks back now at KW Studios. They played a few shows in Western Canada since another local band doing it upright, getting out of the city, building an audience in other markets, and they are absolutely killer live as well. They've played for the podcast. In fact, was talking to their singer Jason about playing a show maybe in the new year. So sure you can expect that to happen too okay todd's trolls is coming up in just a bit the stupid the mean the hurtful but really it's the funny things that people say to what you post and what you see online this week jeff goldblum the melbourne cup and terminator dark fate share the spotlight everyone is tough behind the keyboard trolls is coming up first our final guest of episode 207 this week's entertainment guest is indie week toronto founder daryl hers it's brought to you by pete's meat in kitsilano vancouver butcher shop and an awesome deli as well quality natural sustainable easily vancouver's best butcher shop check them out find out for yourself through 12th and arbutus in again beautiful kitsilano daryl hers is known across Canada in the music industry for multiple reasons. He's been doing event production for over 20 years. The latest big event that he did was nationwide across five time zones in over 140 venues with 140 bands for Earth Hour. He's worked freelance for Live Nation for about a decade. He created and launched Indie Week Toronto with over 200 bands at this music festival. He's part of the Riff, the Real Indie Film Fest, showcasing music-themed features, documentaries, and shorts. He has a hand in IBF, the Indie Beer Fest. He's an owner in Indie 101, which is a music, tech, and film industry conference. And he's the director of Market Development Canada for CD Baby. Apparently, Daryl does not like to sleep. No rest for the wicked. Could you imagine juggling all of that on your day-to-day, week-to-week basis? Had a great conversation with an industry heavyweight. The full conversation is posted now at our iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify pages. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Till then, here's 10 minutes with the Director of Market Development Canada for CD Baby and the founder of Indie Week Toronto, Daryl Hers. The Toddcast Podcast. Growing up, it was like my dad was all country, uh, but traditional, like like think old, like Merle Haggard. Like Waylon Jennings and yeah, yeah. Waylon Jennings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, outlaw country, a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and then my mom was more, I think, adult contemporary, mm. uh, like uh, Neil Diamond, um, The yeah. Carpenters. Sure. Elton John. Elton John, very much. Yeah, a lot of piano. Yeah. Right? Um, well, I'm trying to think. Is it Tennille or, or some? Uh, oh, Captain, Captain and Tennille. Tennille. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then my sister, who was, who was five years older, okay. was uh, into like ACDC, Black Sabbath. Nice. Uh, classic rock, Led Zeppelin big time, The sure. Who, Beatles. Uh, so I kind of got a bit of everything. So what was your first concert? Well, it might be Neil Diamond, actually. Wow. Yeah. 
And how how old would you have been that for that? Oh God. Uh, I don't know, man. I was I was young. Like my mom. Like it was either that or uh, Olivia Newton John. <laughs> Two beauties out of the gate. I love it. Yeah. Um, like I was very very fortunate. Uh, my grandfather was a piano player, like a hobbyist, but uh, he was always playing piano. So so through him, I heard, and my mom played piano too. I would hear like ragtime songs, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and also more like musicals, which I despise most part. Well, don't despise, but musicals right. are my favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's pretty eclectic. So which bands were the first to really grab a hold of you then? Uh, I listened to everything, you know. A real big one early was Cheap Trick. Yeah, great uh, band. Cheap Trick, Bay City Rollers. Wow. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Yeah, yeah. Well, they also had the Saturday morning uh, show. Oh, did they really? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. They had a show every Saturday morning. And, and as a kid, I would watch anything that was uh, um, music, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Same. Yeah. Tell us about putting together um, Indie Week Canada. Like... I said it was a couple decades back, but what you, what specific year, which year did you fire things up? Uh, I believe it was 2003. Okay. And it's, it's a little bit hazy in the sense that I kind of started with like a test, which wasn't like full-blown festival, and then did the full thing. Uh, well, full thing at that time being six venues, I believe. Right. Uh, you know, uh, not as crazy as it is now. <laughs> I bet, yeah. So what stands out from that first year? I mean, the learning curve must have been insane. Uh, it actually wasn't that bad, truthfully. Really? really? It was actually pretty easy to pull off um, at that size. And, and it was a different time. Like, people were going out to venues just because bands were playing. Right. Um, and also bands went out to venues to support bands. Wow, what a, what a and, novel idea. Yeah, and, and you know, it was like Queen Street was a hub. Like, people were just going to Queen Street because that's where you went. Um, and back then, there was, a, like, all the venues were mostly on Queen Street in the sense there was Rivoli, 360, Horseshoe, Cameron House, mm. um, Bovine, and then at the Big Bop, there was three floors, Holy Joe's, Reverb, and Cathedral. Wow. So... Like gear load in was drive down one street. <laughs> yes, picking exactly. up gear, drive the opposite way down the same street. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah, real yeah. easy. Now it's all over the city, and um, you know that's just enough ne- like coordination on its own. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but um, but yeah, no, it was, the first year was really cool. Like, I mean, I was booking a venue. It was called uh, B Side. It was at Fez Boutique. So we also had shows there. Um, so I guess it was more than six venues. Um, but, um, I, I knew a lot of the bands just because I was actively booking like five, six nights a week. Oh, wow. And, uh, personal relationships with almost all the bands. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just real easy to communicate and execute and, uh, that year a band called Live, well, sorry, a band called Aphasia was voted best of the fest and a band called obsidian came in second Mm. 
and uh, just the quality was great right off the bat. And is it is it crazy to think about the difference from uh, you know present day and and what you originally did to you know fire things up? Is there much difference, or is it just like the workloads that much bigger? Um, it, it's a lot different. You know, the whole music landscape has changed completely. Mm-hmm. Um, people, like especially in Toronto, uh, Queen Street isn't what it is or what it was. Right. Like it's not a destination like it was. Um, there's a lot more neighborhoods taking off. Like, you know, there's uh, Dundas and Ossington. There's College Street. There's Queen West, like past Drake. Uh, Drake Hotel, and then there's Queen East. And, and so I find audiences are very fragmented, and they won't leave their area unless mm. they, they they have a big reason to. Right. You know? Wow. Um, and a lot of artists now, it's, it's friends and family that show up. Um, and it's, it's like, it's, it's funny. You'll watch a show, and people really just go for the band they know. And often they won't even stay for the other bands at times. So, so hmm. marketing and getting people out is a, a different game than it was. Uh, social media is huge, uh, where social media didn't really exist much back then. Sure. Uh, it was postering, flyering, uh, emailing, calling. Hmm. Uh, so, so the way you market and promote is a lot different. Um, and we have to be very, like, we're, we're really curating each and every night to put the best lineup forward where it's like you don't want to leave because the next band is as good if not better than the band you're watching now so Mm. uh, it's really important to to make sure the lineups fit the venue and the audience that's going to be there and on top of that provide an experience where they'll be like wow like i rarely see something like that right Right, of course, that's the the plan for every show, I would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're we're working really hard on our schedule, and I think I, you know, uh, it's cliche to say, but I really believe this is going to be our best lineup yet. Right. All right, yeah. dude. Let's get outside of being the founder of Indie Week Canada, and I and I want to get to know know you for more than what you're known for. I'm curious. What are you binging? What are you binge watching? If you find the time. Oh, what do I watch? Yeah. Uh, I just finished Nashville. Okay, yeah, great show. Um, yeah, it started good and it got a little weird, but uh, it, it was really good to see a show that had quality songwriting and, and actual performances and um, Canadians. I mean, Colin Linden was like music director and mm-hmm. involved, and I saw Lindy Ortega in, involved on, on an episode and... Uh, so it was good to see some Canadians involved with the uh, U.S. production. Mm-hmm. What was that uh, band uh, um, that Colin Linden was in with the guy from Junkhouse again? It was uh, Blackie and the Road oh. Kings? Yes, yeah. Blackie and the Road Kings, yeah. Wow, did you ever see those guys? Because they, wow, those guys play, man. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get to see them live, and I believe it was Stephen Fearing was Stephen also Fearing. in the event. That's right, yeah. yeah. Wow, that was an incredible act. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those guys are top notch. Totally, yeah, yeah. Uh, untouchable, yeah. Are you a yeah. are you a comic book guy? Like, do you get into the whole superhero types with the Avengers and Deadpool, Batman, Superman, and all that? Absolutely. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, how good I, I, how good is it right now for all those kind of movies? My God, I know. I used to collect all those when I was uh, yeah. young, and uh, kind of uh, 
had to at the time, but regrettably, I sold all my X-Men comics no. for a guitar, guitar tuner. <laughs> right. You'll move from one to the next. Yeah. 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 yeah I have a ton, I still have a ton of X-Men. Uh, I have a bunch of those old comics from when I was a kid, but I heard that they're not worth anything. Oh, really? Uh, what, wow. did you, what did you sell it for? Was did you? Were you like, oh, wow, I can't believe I'm selling it for that much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I just, I like, <laughs> I was about to join a band and I needed a guitar tuner badly. Right. And, uh, you know, I just, like, I need this and this is the only way I can get it. But, yeah. like, like I had the first issue with uh, the appearance of Wolverine. Oh, nice. Uh, wow. And a few others and stuff like that. So, yeah. Wasn't, but, wasn't the, the first appearance of Wolverine in a, a, a Hulk? Hulk yes, one, 181, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't ask me how the fuck I know that, but I do. <laughs> if, it was. If, yeah. If you could have a superpower, which power would you pick? Ooh. Uh, probably go back in time. Yeah. How cool yeah. would that be? Yeah. There's a lot of concerts that I would have loved to have been <laughs> at, right? So. Entertainment guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Pete's Meat, Butchery Shop and Deli, 2817 Arbutus, Kitsilano, Vancouver, and online at Pete's-Meat.com.
Toddcast podcast is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world online at milanocoffee.ca. A look at this week's keyboard warriors, Todd's Trolls, on the Toddcast podcast. It's those chirpy comments you see when you're online. It doesn't matter what it is, no one and nothing is safe. Not even the genius that is Jeff Goldblum. He released a duets album just a few days ago. It's called I Shouldn't Be Telling You This. All these actors who suddenly become singers. Dude, take your money and enjoy your life. Why put out a duets album? Great. If Jeff Goldblum is singing albums now, I think I'm going to become an astronaut. Makes as much sense. This will be more embarrassing than his acting. Beyond the fly and the big chill, name another good movie he's in. A big one for horse racing. The Melbourne Cup happens today, November 5th in Victoria, Australia. Too bad you couldn't whip the jockeys after the race. You know, for like charity or whatever. This just in, no chance in hell I'll ever watch horse racing on TV. No offense, of course. New drinking game. Every time the little asshole jockey whips the horse, drink. And new to theaters as of this past weekend, Terminator Dark Fate. Cue James Cameron to produce a Terminator reboot. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton are back as well. Didn't think it was possible for them to burn out this franchise. I've been wrong before. Proving that even mediocre garbage passes for entertainment today. They could stop making Terminator movies tomorrow and no one would give a shit. Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Good Times Gin and Tonics. Putting the GTs back in the GNT. Check out goodtimesdrinks.com.
They are Closer and a new song for them called Payable Rent. You can see them live at the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe in Vancouver at the end of the month, the last Friday of the month, Friday, November 29th. They're opening up the night. We've got Crankshaft playing as well and Southern Death Threat original lineup headlining. Going to be a great night. Maybe we'll see you there. It's just eight bucks for tickets right now through myshowpass.com. You heard the Vitos, and that's a new song for them called Ice Cream Dream, and they're from Vancouver, although they've been based out of Toronto for a year, maybe almost two years now. I'm hearing rumblings. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but they're coming back to Vancouver. They're going to be working on some new tunes. Pretty excited about that, man. I love the vetoes. And again, the song is new for them. It's called Ice Cream Dream. Looking forward to next week as we shine a spotlight on legalized marijuana in Canada. It's been over a year since the government legalized, and you'll hear thoughts from 12 guests. He's not on next week's podcast, but check out what Homeland and Supergirl actor David Harewood had to say. If, uh, I mean, look, you know, I come from England where, you know, you have to, you know, meet some stranger in the back of a pub toilet and then, you know, spend four days walking across the desert and then kind right. of... To find a in the place to smoke to find, it. And, yeah. <laughs> to find a place to buy it and let them smoke it, you know. Right. So it's, it's kind of like, it's extraordinary for me to just be able to walk into a place and just go, what, can I have a bag of that? I think it's very sensible. I think it's a very adult and progressive way of uh, looking at the... The whole problem of of um, of uh, it's a problem of drugs, but there, there there is, I think, making it legal legal and um, and controlling it, it certainly improves the quality. Uh, and I know in, in in places places of England, people are smoking stuff they're getting for like ten bucks, and it's sending them literally crazy. You know, it's a lot of this synthetic synthetic stuff yeah coming it's from not, China, and right. it's just rubbish, and it's kind of. I'd much rather the government took a sensible, grown-up approach, sold it, controlled it, sold it, and you know, regulated it, sure. than, uh, than just put your head in the sand and say, no, drugs are bad, all drugs are bad, we, you know, we, we don't have to get anybody buying anything. Uh, but I, I, but I, at the same time, there are downsides to it. You know, in the summer, you see it here. You, know, you see people just, ah, their faces on the street. You know. one, one walk down Gastown, or down East Hastings will show you that this, there's, you know, that, that not everything in in the world of, um, you know, kind of progressive drug taking is is straightforward. Do you know what I mean? I think right, but those guys aren't. Come on, David. Those guys are not smoking marijuana. That's methamphetamines. That's that's meth. Yeah, but you know, but I, you but, know, but I, heroin I, I, and I, I, like completely. But I, but I think a, a progressive attitude to. To, to drugs, I think is helpful, and I think uh, I, 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 but I, but I, but I think that you know, obviously, I'm, I'm not sure what the could you buy. Uh, what's the age limit for buying weed here? Yeah, I think it's uh, the same as if you're going to buy booze. I think it's 19. Yeah, that's sensible. That's sensible. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, ultimately, I, like if you can, you know, go home and brew your own beer and make your own wine, and you know. Why not the same with marijuana? Where you there? It's been proven that there's no deaths from it. Like, dude, if there was a death from marijuana, they would pound mm. the crap out of that. That's true. That's right? True. I mean, they would. I, I mean, it would be relentless. It would be relentless. No one gets stoned and goes home and beats up their wife, right? I mean, it's just that's right. just not what weed does to you. So I, I think it has been, and it's quite extraordinary. I think I was watching TV the other day and I saw this advert. John Boehner, I think his name, the former. The former 
head of, of the House Speaker for the Republican Party. I mean, you couldn't get any more right wing than him. Mm-hmm. And he's there advertising some 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 weed mm-hmm. investment program. I'm thinking, fuck me! They've locked all these people up for fucking years. Right, years so and years and years for, for years possession years or smoking or whatever. And now here they are trying to sell <laughs> stocks. It's just extraordinary how it, you know the, the, the hypocrisy is. It is extraordinary. I think it has been much maligned. I think weed has been much maligned and much, you know, the whole the whole um, you know taking it and smoking it has been criminalized for way too long. Um, so I, I, I think. You know, Canada's making stock a bold move in making the whole thing legal, really. Again, next week, we look at legalized marijuana in Canada, and that was actor David Harewood. I wanted to give a big thanks to this week's guests as well, Alter Bridge guitarist Mark Tremonti. Thank you for taking the time. Been a fan of yours for a very long time, since the beginning. And thank you for your social media team as well for sharing and retweeting. Wish more of our guests did the same. Thanks again. Carmelita Jetter, thank you for being a guest. Had a great talk with you. You're so inspiring and positive. And Indie Week Toronto founder, Daryl Hers, same to you. Love your story. Love what you're doing with the music industry in Canada in all regards, from CD Baby to Indie Week. Got nothing but mad respect for you. Thank you for joining the podcast this week. And that is going to do it for episode 207. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you again for listening and being part of what we're doing here. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, SoundCloud. You can rate the podcast as well. Comment. That will help with search results. Again, search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Huge thanks to all of our awesome sponsors. You can find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca, including title sponsor Maple Ridge Hyundai. If you're looking for a new vehicle, they sell cars. And if you want to sponsor the podcast, you know you can for as little as 10 bucks a day, right? There's contact info at the homepage. Maybe we'll see you soon. Have a beer, have a coffee and see what's up. Till next week, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark ToddHancock.ca.